For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome in, Hawks fans. Your boy Bryce Lewis back at it again for another Believe in Hawks episode, episode nine. Coming off another victory for the Hawks. Four-game winning streak for the team. We're going to talk about all that in the week that has been as the Hawks really only played two games this week since Monday, which I covered in my last episode. And now we're going to talk about tonight's game against the Pelicans and then Wednesday's game against the Wizards where the Hawks looked impressive in both games, leading to the four-game winning streak, now 4-2 and two on the season. So appreciate you guys tuning into the show and being a part of, of, of the whole experience that we bring here on Believe in Hawks. So... Before we get into any of that, just got to do a quick, you know, the quick plugs. Please, if you're watching this on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, show love, like the video, everything. Tell your friends about this podcast for other Hawks fans to bring the Hawks community together. If you're listening on audio, leave a review, uh, rate the podcast as well. Help, you know, push it up on podcasts, lists and rankings and things like that. So again, connect with other Hawks fans and maybe just NBA casuals as well to talk about the Hawks because the Hawks feel like they're going to be a legitimate team this year, the way they're playing. Hopefully they can continue to keep it up and we're going to break it all down on today's episode. So had to get that in there and everything under the sun. So obviously it's in-season tournament action for the league. Hawks actually don't play their in-season tournament games till about after next week i think their first game is on the 14th of this month so they actually play a little bit later when it comes to in season basketball so we might do a little look ahead to that as well but let's go ahead and start with what's happened we're gonna start with the most recent thing hawks coming off a victory over the new orleans pelicans 123 to 105 in a game where again it was balanced across the board multiple guys and double figures playing well deandre hunter a warrior tonight coming back from dislocated fingers didn't really do a lot offensively, but his impact was made defensively. Quinn Snyder praising him after the game about that, saying, put that in the front page. DeAndre Hunter still making an impression on the coach. You can see the guys and the excitement these guys play with and just the, the cohesiveness that they've seemed to have that they haven't had in previous years under the Nate McMillan era, but under the Quinn Snyder era, it seems like these guys are taking up a notch. Now they're on a four-game winning streak. I don't even think the Hawks had a four-game winning streak last year. And so that is something that is already impressive, being about six games in now, and now you already have your first four-game winning streak that you haven't even had in a couple of seasons. So that's been big for this team, and obviously this team's doing it in different ways, and they're playing a different brand of basketball that's cohesive to the team, and that will help them be successful as they continue to also grow together still. It's a long season. It's a long process. You're not going to get things down just like that. It's going to take some time. So, you know. We got to we got we got to see what we got to do here, man. So let's talk about the game tonight, man. So tonight's game was very um, was interesting. It, it, the Hawks, if you've watched the, this season so far, the Hawks have started a lot of games slowly. The only game that you can maybe say they didn't start slow was the Hornets game and the Bucks game. 
So the other four games, they've started solo. Usually they let the other team almost boat race them in first, first quarters. Like teams are scoring buckets in first quarters. That's what hurt them against the Knicks. Uh, that's what got them down big against Minnesota. I mean, Wizards also had a pretty good for first quarter. They were leading after the first quarter against the Hawks. But the thing about this team is in years previously, we would always say, especially the third quarter would be the, the danger quarter, would be the quarter where it seems like the Hawks, either they rise to the occasion or they just take themselves out of the game in that situation. These last few games, especially the second and third quarters have been the games where the Hawks have ratcheted up a notch, especially the third quarter in the Minnesota game. And then tonight in the Minnesota game, they went to the halftime down 19 and completely just flipped the switch in the third quarter against Minnesota going into that. And now, and then took, took the game home in the fourth, which, which was that exciting comeback they had on Monday. And then tonight against the Pelicans, they were down, like they were down, I believe, seven at half and I could be wrong I believe they were down seven at half and they flipped the switch in the third quarter and now they were up double digits going into the fourth and and, and that's something I don't know if you guys remember that's something from if you remember the Eastern Conference Finals year one thing about that Hawks team that the great teams do is that they can flip a switch and they can just blow you out of the water. They can just really, just really take control of the game. And that's something the Hawks have not actually been able to do the last two years. Because I felt like there was a lot of games last year where I'm like, it just feels like the Hawks don't take advantage of opportunities and they don't take control of games. They're just, it's a, it's a hard game for them every game, it feels like. And these few games that we've seen so far this season, the Hawks in these third quarters have just completely boat race teams either eliminating a deficit or making the deficit even larger like it was in the Wizards game. And that's a sign of a good team because that means they they, they found something that worked. They made adjustments at halftime, especially. I mean, second half adjustments are, are really crucial. And they're executing it at a high level to then create that separation, especially when you're trailing because it's a game of runs. You know, teams call timeouts to stop runs so you can't, you know, balloon the lead. And the, if you're able to keep that momentum going out of timeouts, that's something that can just push you, push you to a whole new level, which the Hawks have been able to reach like they did tonight against the Pelicans. And pretty much once they made that push, got that double-digit lead, they never looked back. And then if you remember the Wizards game, that fourth quarter for the Hawks was not a great fourth quarter. They were up 25-26, I believe. And then they kind of just played sloppy in the game. They finished with a nine-point victory. And a lot of people were very disappointed Quinn Snyder after the game came out and said that we need to finish better that's unacceptable we, we got to be better than that and so for me you know that told me accountability is on the table that's one thing if you remember the coaching search the Hawks had they wanted a coach who would hold players accountable and that's what Quinn Snyder did and then tonight if you watch the last six minutes of this game, the Hawks had great fourth quarter offense, ball movement, plays, cutting, shooting. You know, previously in the last few years, it was a lot of iso ball, no movement, and a lot of bricks. You saw tonight the cohesion. You saw DeJounte and Trey playing off of each other. You saw everyone being involved, Ayeka, Jalen Johnson. You know, everybody was involved, getting good looks, helping other guys set up a, 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 a good shot for a better shot. That 
is something that we haven't done in those situations. That half court, fourth quarter offense was something that we needed. And also, sometimes in those situations, you just got to make shots. DeJounte made a couple of tough shots against the Pelicans that also worked out. And so, overall, as you can see, it's something that 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 is an upgrade in that regard in terms of fourth quarter play and in terms of how they're how they're playing overall. And so they were able to take advantage of the game. Hawks tonight shot 48% from the field, which is the same percentage the Pelicans had, but Hawks won by 18 tonight. Hawks only short 34% from three. Free throws was only by two. Hawks also only had 11 turnovers, and they didn't really turn the Pelicans over a lot. But they had 28 assists, and the big side of this game was that they destroyed the Pelicans on the boards. That's one place that, for a team that's not big, the Hawks seem to play bigger in the post, in the paint, than, than their size dictates. You know, the only big player you say you have is Clint Capella. He's your biggest guy. but And everybody else is like 6'9", and they say Ick is 6'10", but, you know, it depends if you believe that or not. They had 52 rebounds tonight, 19 offensive rebounds. Second chance points was huge tonight for this team. Huge tonight. And, and that in and of itself, I think, really carried a day. You know, Trey had 22 in this game. Didn't start, start off slow, but picked it up in the second half. Hit a couple big threes, and he had 12 assists tonight. So still getting his teammates involved. DeJounte had 20. Still playing solid. Still playing just, just active, well ball. People are recognizing the type of play he's been giving under Quinn Schneider this year, seeming like the DeJounte that he was in San Antonio. Jalen Johnson with another 21-point game tonight. He really was aggressive offensively early, had seven in the first, uh, and, and he was aggressive in, this, in the third quarter. Those two quarters were his aggressive quarters, and he played really, really well, and it continues to show people that Jalen Johnson is coming. Jalen Johnson is here. You know, Jalen Johnson, man, had a double-double, 11 rebounds, four assists. I mean, that's that's fantastic. I mean, he's he's played great. Jalen Johnson, man, like he he's he's just continuing to grow before our eyes, continuing to take that next step. You know, some people have been wondering what is that third piece for the Hawks. Some people are saying Jalen Johnson may be the third piece. The piece was already on the team. You just gotta let it develop. Jalen Johnson playing like this is gonna make the Hawks hard to beat because now Jalen Johnson can play like this on a nightly basis. It just makes it tough for teams to be able to just lock in on DeJounte and Trey, knowing you have another guy like Jalen Johnson who can also beat you. Like I said, DeAndre only had four points tonight, but he was big defensively. You know, obviously with his fingers, we, we'll see how that affects him moving forward. We'll see if this causes him to miss any games. We'll see if this affects his shot. You know what I'm saying? That's something that, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. Hopefully it's nothing serious at all. You know, hopefully DeAndre will be fine. Hopefully it's not something that will linger for too long. You know, so we, we got we to see how that looks. But DeAndre, like I said, Quinn Snyder praising the effort, what he did tonight, played really, really well. Really happy for the guy. Clint Capella actually had a good game tonight. Yeah, it was great in the second half especially. The defense was on a couple of blocks. See, that, see I think, guys – Games like the Pelicans game is where I think Capella can shine because you have Valachunas, who's who's a traditional center. So that's not a matchup that's going to take him out of his comfort zone. You know, he's pretty much back to the basket. They're pretty much going to be in a, a directly in the paint kind of a team. Zion's not taking jumpers. 
Zion's driving into the paint, and so Clint can put himself in position to get some blocks and make some plays happen. So I think that's what led to Clint having a good game. He also had 17 points tonight. That's big getting that from your starting center. Bay off the bench tonight had 12 points. Bogdanovich didn't have his best shooting game tonight, 414, but had 10 points. And he was aggressive. Like Bogey had the green light tonight. Like Bogdanovich was shooting. You know, he, 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 I always say Bogey funny because Bogey loved taking contested shots. I used to say, you watch Bogey play, bro. He'll be open. He'll wait for you to get it hand in his face, did take the shot. That man loves contested shots. But I, I, I forgot the stat, but I think he's actually one of the best shooters in the league with the contest. So, I mean, maybe that's a shot he constantly works on and everything. But he was aggressive tonight. But the thing about Bogdanovich, though, is – and this is one thing that I think I've noticed as a team-wide thing. We sometimes get so fixated on the offensive numbers. What's their, what's their percentage? Are they shooting well? Are they shooting threes? Do they have 20 points? We're so sometimes focused on that, and we don't focus on everything else. Bogey was active, rebounding, passing, defense. He even did a wall off on Zion Williamson, which caused him. I mean, Zion versus Bogey, you think Zion went that 10 times out of 10. Bogey challenged a shot, made a miss. Bogey was active all over the place, and that's something that I think I've mentioned with Trey. He's been active all over the place. Um, you, you know, I, I think DeJounte's been active with active hands. I think everybody's been active doing other things, winning things that don't involve scoring. And that's something that I think the Hawks in previous years didn't do. And I think that is an extra thing that will help you take the next step. You know, and it's, it's just something that it's, 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 it's an identity. It's a culture. I, if you if you listen to me, I've, I've mentioned that a few times. Hawks didn't have that before. They seem to be developing that now, and you're seeing it. Everybody is – Quinn has done a great job of praising players for doing the little things because he wants them to understand the little things are important. The little things make a difference. The little things can be the difference between you being – between you winning and losing. We can talk about we just didn't we didn't somebody didn't score 20 points or someone didn't have a great shooting night. But if you defend, pass, rotate, communicate, defend, that in and of itself can win you games. Because think about it. I've always said this. When you think about some of these seven game series in the playoffs, you'll notice when you get to game seven, games are still even in today's league that seems to have 120 games every night, games are still like 93, 90, 91. Because teams because those teams are able to, they know each other so well, but they're also want to win this game because they know it's a do or die game. They're putting, pulling off all the stops, trying to make all the winning plays, trying to do all the little things because everybody knows what they're going to do. So they're able to guard you offensively and keep you from shooting well. But if you do the little things, that could be the difference between you winning and losing and you advancing and someone going home. And that's something that the Hawks are trying to establish now before those times come, because then that way you already know we've done this all year long. This is nothing new to us. We don't need to be fighting out if you can do the little things right in the playoffs. We need to be knowing that now. So that's been big for the Hawks to be able to do that. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. 
offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So tonight, like I said, I guess uh, I guess a Pelicans team that that's pretty good. I mean, Pelicans were four and one coming into this game. You know, they just got Brandon Ingram back. He was back the last three. He was out the last three games with uh, knee tendonitis. And so, you know, they were basically, they still have some injuries. Jose Alvarado and all them guys are not back yet, but they, they got pretty much their big three, CJ, Brandon, and Zion in the lineup of Valanchunas and Herb Jones. And tonight the Hawks were able to go against those guys tonight. And in the first half, Pelicans played well. Like I said, Hawks just needed to clean some things up. They played a little bit sloppy, had some live ball turnovers, but were able to also bounce back and uh, clean things up and play with more consistency and better defense in the second half, which then led to them, like I said, winning. Coming into this game tonight, actually, I tweeted this out tonight. This is something that's been really, really, really big for the Hawks. I think that's an underrated stat that people don't really talk about. The Hawks coming into this game tonight was averaging 62, basically 63 points a game in the second half. So the Hawks are scoring 63 63 points a game, which was tied with the Clippers for first in second half points. So the second halves have been the Hawks half. Tonight they had 70 in the second half, which is a part of those big swings that they've used to take control of the game. If you're scoring 60 to 70 in the second half, you're unless you had a 40, 30 point first half, you're that means you're you're putting up some points. And 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 you're able to get into your offense easy and you're able to be effective. Whatever second half adjustments are being made are working. And you see that. So that's been big for the Hawks, I think, this season. I think they're also top 10 in second half point differential as well. So, again, third quarters may have been quarters that people have been worried about, but now it seems like it's a strength now for the Hawks, which has led to them having a four-game winning streak. So, obviously, I'll quickly go through the Wizards game. But Wizards uh, came in here, a game people were looking at as a big test actually for this team because last year they lost to a lot of teams they shouldn't. And then earlier this season they lost to Charlotte, which pissed a lot of people off. But in that game, Hawks won 131-21. I've mentioned a little bit throughout the podcast. The fourth quarter wasn't as smooth as they wanted to go. But again, another example, those second, third quarters were big quarters, 34 and 40 points in those prospective quarters for the Hawks. Uh, and we re- really were able to take advantage or take control of the game there. Uh, it was just a good win for those guys to be able to get that that night. You know, you, you know, we, we all have that mean play we got from the game with <laughs> When the Wizards were down 20 and Kyle Kuzma and Jordan Poole went off the board alleys, everybody was kind of like, man, what an unserious team. <laughs> but, I mean, I mean, nah, but, like, it's just actually kind of funny, man. But, you know, we were able to get a good win tonight. Um, again, good game. DeAndre Hunter actually started slow in that game offensively. Came, actually finished the game with 23. Uh, somebody was like, I think Quinn Steiner has uh, fixed and has uh, – figured out DeAndre Hunter and why he's able to now be more of a consistent player. And maybe so, man. DeAndre Hunter, man, he's doing different things, man. He's just not scoring. He's doing other things. And like I've told you guys, that's what Quinn wants. He wants this guy to do different things and do other things to be able to help the team win. So that was the second win that they got, uh, which started which like Wednesday. 
uh, the third win in this uh, four game winning streak. So that's been that's been big. But uh, overall, I think the Hawks have been just really, really, really solid, man. Like, really, really playing good basketball right now. And, you know, it's weird because, like I said, we're, we've started the playing. And, like I said, Hawks will not start their actual playing games to the 14th. So they'll still just be playing games for a little bit before that actually starts. If we actually look ahead at their schedule, they actually have two – they actually have a tough stretch of games coming up these next three. Uh, they got Oklahoma City on Monday. Good team, up-and-coming team. You know, they've been in some really close games recently. Um, we know the first time we'll see Chet against this team. We'll be interested in how we match up against them. Shea, uh, you know, Casey Wallace, Giddy. Be an interesting matchup in Oklahoma City because the Hawks are actually going to be on the road uh, starting tonight, the next two games. Uh, so three game road trip really coming up here, and then and then Orlando. Orlando has been surprisingly good this year. They're four and two so far this year. So Orlando has been a surprisingly good team so far. Uh, so that's I mean, I feel like you know we may see that and still think maybe Orlando's not for real because again, it's still very early in the season. It's so early. We don't know if who is legit, who isn't yet to the fullest extent. But right now, Orlando looks like a good team. They, they've been playing well. They played Dallas on Monday. So, you know, they win that game. That may, if you don't take them seriously going into the game, you need to take them seriously beating Dallas. Maybe five and two going into that game. But the Hawks also, like I said, got to take care of business in Oklahoma City. And then they come back home next Saturday. The Thursday game is the Orlando game. And then Saturday, they come back home and take on their division rival Miami Heat, a team that's given the Hawks issues and problems in the past. Uh, Thorn on their side. We, it's always funny on Hawks Twitter when we play him and Kyle Lowry was playing. So, you know, that's always a good time as well. So that's what's coming up for the Hawks. And then after that is when the play in starts and the games start for the Hawks. They actually open up on the road against Detroit in the play in tournament. Uh, the play in is something that I think people have been. I, I think it's going to be a good thing for the league. I just think people wish there was a better incentive with that and everything. So we're going to talk about the play in as in general, actually here, just to give my quick thoughts. We had our first round of games Friday and those were pretty, pretty good, pretty solid games. The courts are going to get some, take some time to get used to. If y'all were watching those games, those courts were bright, bright as heck. Like, like I, it's one of those things that like it grows on you when you when you watch it longer, I think. But like it's 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 always different seeing it in the little designs that you see or the layout, and it's like, okay, this doesn't seem so bad. And then actually seeing it on the floor and seeing what it looks like, and you're just like, whoa, this looks uh interesting. Uh but you know, a good round of games coming up, man. But I mean, people were talking about just Instead of just money, there needs to be more of a valuable prize on the line for the in-season tournament. First, you know, guys, I want to ask you guys, what are y'all thoughts on the in-season tournament? What do you guys think about it? Do you like it? Do you not like it? Is it something you're excited for? Is it something you feel like you just have to see and then see how you feel? Um, I'm kind of in the see how I feel phase. 
somebody said first, why is it so early? Because we haven't even gotten two weeks fully into the season, which is kind of true. Uh, we're, 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 we're literally playing it so early. This may, but but I also kind of get it because Christmas is December, and I think the NBA wants Christmas to be its own thing because that's when everybody says the NBA season starts anyway. So they want Christmas to be its own thing. So they want November to be playing month. So like basically, it's like season starts, everybody's excited in October, playing, everybody's excited for playing. Christmas games, everybody's excited for that. And then the season starts in January, and now it's like football is pretty much like only in their last legs of playoffs and things. And then you can kind of pretty much take control of the slate in terms of just TV games. Um, but I think that that's a good – I think that's why they have it early like this. Maybe they can push it back a little bit more. We'll have to see. Like I said, this is also kind of a trial error phase for this event. You kind of see how it goes, see what you can improve, and then try to fix it later. But um, overall, I think the incentive is the most important part. Some people have said maybe whoever wins the playoffs should become the seventh seed. So the perception I'm getting is that if you finish between seven and ten, you automatically get seven. You don't have – and then that way that also eliminates a playing game because now the eighth seed doesn't have to play two games in terms of if they win, if they play the seventh and lose and then play the nine and ten. Immediately – the nine and ten have to play, and then whoever wins that game will play the eighth seed for the eighth seed. That could be viewed. It, it, it's a good incentive because if you're, a team, it's weird because no team ever will assume they're going to be a playing team, but you never know. So it's almost like it's something that as a as a team in the back of your head, you're like, all right, well if we we're in this situation, if we can get in this range, we can at least be this seed if we win this tournament. Give us some incentive. Some have said maybe give a team a first round draft pick. Some teams have, I mean, some people have said maybe we should give someone, I don't know, uh, you know, uh, 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 somebody said from a fan perspective, what what if the next home game that that team has is free and it's first come, first serve? Like, you know, just different ideas, you know. And so that's another thing I'm going to ask you guys. What ideas would you guys have? the in-season tournament to change like what the players are playing for because playing for money is like your aspirations are a championship and you're a championship team it's like i mean it's cool that we can make more money i mean like at the end of the day like you know we're they're competitors so they're going to compete but it's like it's not like we're playing for something that really could benefit us down the line right now we're just playing just get some extra money in our pocketbooks and that sometimes isn't really enough to I want to say to motivate people from time from time to time. And, you know, for me, honestly, I think those could be good ideas. Um, I mean, cause I, I kind of like the pick. I like the first round pick or the seventh seed the most. I think getting, giving a team a pig would be good. I mean, cause that's an extra asset a team can use. Now, obviously, I don't know how they would rate the pick. Like, is it like they just get like an extra pick? Like, like is it based off their record? Where like, it's just let's say you finish with like the twelfth best record. Let's say you finish twelfth in the league, right? But like, I mean, in lottery, if they so like, do they get the thirteenth pick too? Because like, how do you? Do, is that a pick that they get at the end of the first? Like, how do we? 
is it is it lottery protected? Like, I think that would be interesting. I think that would add more incentive for teams. Um, and then the seventh seed, I think, would be, be good too. Because I feel like the thing is, is that when you think about the plan, it's about will the top teams be invested in this? What is the incentive for them? If you give them picks, even the bottom tier teams are going to be like, man, it'd be nice to have that extra pick if we want to have collect picks. And then the incentive for the teams that don't have picks is that if we win this tournament, we get a pick. We trade it picks away. Now we can get a pick because of this. So it's something to think about. Like I said, drop y'all suggestions in the comments about what y'all think maybe they, they could fight for for the plan. I mean, for the Hawks, it's like I said, Hawks are playing to be a top four seed this year. So realistically, a seventh seed wouldn't do anything for them. I mean, obviously, again, if you want, you know, it, it's a motivational factor just in case you end up like that. But, you know, you have high expectations. I don't. I just don't think that may be enough to move you and to make you, you know, want to give more and do more from that perspective in general. So I think that would be the interesting point of view or the interesting interest there with the play-in. So like I said, Hawks, uh, Hawks don't play in that till the middle of the month. So we won't actually see the City Edition court. Listen, those City Edition uniforms, man, I know some people have been kind of up and down on those. I like them actually. Now, the lowercase lettering, I can kind of see about those people off, but it's fine. That varsity jacket that they were showing off when they had built it in the Hawk store. Listen, bro, somebody want to give me that varsity jacket, bro? Let me know. <laughs> I need that varsity jacket, man. That actually kind of heat. That's kind of heat, bro. You can wear some solid fits with that, bro. Definitely go out, bro, and pull some honeys with that, man. That that varsity. Y'all know what I'm talking about. That blue, that blue varsity. Look it up on Hawk Shop. Look it up. Y'all see it? Kind of fire. Because, I mean, low-key, like, like low-key, the color scheme kind of hard. Like, low-key. Like, I get maybe for us, we may not understand why for us that's the color scheme. And they've explained the colors and all that in their little outlet of, like, you know, why they pick the colors they pick. But, listen, I'm, I'm going to keep on K with y'all. I mean, y'all, it's 122, man. I might have to drop that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Might have to drop that, man. That's why I said y'all give me to a thousand subscribers. I could buy that. No problem once this channel gets monetized. But we're gonna have to see, man. So um, and also for my betting people, uh Hawks obviously covered tonight. They were actually uh Pelicans were favored in this game by I believe three was the number I saw. Uh obviously they covered that in one. So if you bet it on the Hawks tonight, you won you some money. So maybe I'll start incorporating some more betting into this show for my my, my sports betting fans bet on the Hawks, maybe bet on particular players as well. So maybe something we can keep an eye on moving forward. These are all ideas we can just throw around right now. But I, I think that's about it for me, guys. Like I said, big win for the Hawks tonight, beating the Pelicans, man, 123 to 105. Just a good win tonight all, all around against another solid Western Conference team, man. Playing well coming into this game, four-game winning streak, trying to keep it going against Oklahoma City on Monday, man. So we're going to be there. We're going to be on top of that. Follow me on Twitter at Rice underscore 2 k to be able to keep up with all of that, guys. So, hey, it's your boy Bryce Lewis. This was Believe in Hawks. We'll see you next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.